0: Hello and welcome. Welcome everyone to the Words, Women and Wisdom radio show. If you're just dialing in or listening in for the very first time, this show is about supporting and... and showcasing women who have typically risen from tragedy to triumph, and are now out doing interesting, fascinating, and impactful work. And today I have a beautiful guest with me, Lorraine, Tiffany Lorraine Galloway. How many, uh, would you like me to just call you Tiffany or Tiffany Lorraine, how does it work?
1: Tiffany Lorraine is just fine, thank you.
0: Okay, great. Thank you for dialing in with me today. We're both on Mountain Sign, time. So this is making it a lot easier as well. So so we're actually both coaches. Now, I believe that there is an abundance and prosperity in the universe. So, while we both are looking at helping and supporting women, we're coming at it from very different approaches. So we're going to dive in today we're going to talk a little bit about um, about uh, Tiffany Lorraine's story and also showcase some really interesting questions throughout this interview. Make sure you stay till the very end because there is going to be a free gift. Actually, there might even be two free gifts, so make sure that you've got your pen and paper handy, take some notes. We're gonna be talking about, the interview today is titled The Resilient Mother. Now, this is gonna be a fascinating interview and I'll give you a little bit of a taste of why I invited Tiffany Lorraine to be on the show. Her path has not been a traditional one. (laughs) When it comes to motherhood, she's a survivor personally of several different kinds of abuse, um, including in her childhood. I'll let her talk about her story there. Um, how this then evolved into showing up as mental health issues. And she now, though, has four beautiful children and just get rid of that uh, for beautiful children. So 18, 11, nine and one. So really a, a recent mother um, awesome. from two different divorces, becoming a birth mother and recovering along the way from bankruptcy, single parenthood during covid. And there's more. (laughs) So (laughs) I believe that in this story, you will find some wisdom nuggets about resilience. Resilience from a number of different avenues and experiences that she's learned along the way. She's always managed to bounce back. And I believe personally that we always bounce back higher. It's kind of like pulling the elastic back on a catapult. And then when you let it go, the further you pulled it back, the further that stone shoots out. And we're on a journey today. So Tiffany Lorraine has some events coming up that we're gonna talk about later on as well. And we're gonna dive into her story. And if you haven't met me before and you're saying, well, who the heck are you as host? Um, I'm the host of the Words, Women & Wisdom radio show over the past three years. I've interviewed guests, including Lathalie Ledwell with Mind Movies. I've interviewed Deborah Poneman, Susie Carter, Teresa de Grobar, the best-selling book Mass Influence. I've interviewed a number of incredible women, all of which have some sort of tragedy to triumph story, because I find that very often we need to go through it and then come out the other side sufficiently that now we're ready to help others along their journey with what we've learned. For me, we both have something in common. Um, I don't have Yes, I do have four kids. <laughs> actually, I was thinking I don't have four kids. I, I have natural birth. I have a son now who's 27. He's actually a special needs child. So he's um, his life and his journey is very unique, very different. And then when I remarried, I inherited three kids who were 15, 17 and 19. So we're both together, a combined motherhood here of eight children. So there's going to be some interesting takeaways. So make sure that you stay along with this interview so let's um let's summarize your story first of all how did your childhood growing up impact who you are today what happened in your childhood that led to mental well,
1: issues I unfortunately was a victim of childhood molestation uh, t- two times So I was five years old, and we had a woman come to the school to teach about what parts of the body you should not let somebody touch. And unfortunately, as she went on, I already knew something had happened to me, not once, but twice with two different young men that had been in our home and in our neighborhood. So I bawled the whole time. And that was rather embarrassing, but my emotions were really tender about You know, now something, someone had violated me. Somebody had changed me. Now I was different. Now I was ruined were my thoughts at the time. And I'm only five. That's a lot of heavy stuff for a five-year-old to take on. So she met with me afterwards and we approached my parents and, and did what we thought would, you know, help, which was some counseling until it seemed like I was being a normal child again, or that it wasn't an issue and it wasn't allowed to be brought up. It wasn't allowed to be talked about. If I did, it was extremely embarrassing to my mother, which is understandable, but the problem was there was still the effects of it, especially when I became a teenager and hormones and everything started kicking in and I didn't know what it was. It came out as depression, um, Mm -hmm. and some different things of that nature, but I was such a type a personality and a trophy child and talented that it was hidden under a lot of this, um, people would say I was just this talented person that was going to go do amazing things. But underneath all of that, there was this huge insecurity still of being different and that something wasn't quite right. And I couldn't put my finger on it, which Mm. would later turn into mental health issues. And I pretty much lost my twenties to mental health issues, unfortunately, due to not being able to get help because I was so ashamed and there was so much shame around needing medication or needing to go see a psychologist and so much money gets wasted on it. But when it, when we go back to all of it, 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 a lot of these things that affect us and create these negative patterns in our life are things that happened in our childhood and yeah. things that taught us things that the world isn't safe, or I can't trust people and things of that nature. And until recently, I have only really found some breakthroughs that have helped me really put that in perspective mm. and also give myself a lot of grace. I have a lot of empathy and compassion, I would not have had I not gone through those things and many of the other things we'll talk about because sometimes, unless you've experienced that pain or you've experienced that struggle, it's just really hard to understand where somebody's at. Yep. Something that I like to talk about is, you know, someone is not who they are during crisis. That's not who they are. It's a symptom of how they're coping. They are not their mental health issue. We would never call somebody a broken arm, right. <laughs> but, but we'll label somebody uh, bipolar or ADHD or depressed or, or something of that nature, but we would never say the same thing of a physical symptom. So broken bone versus a broken mind. I really think the context of that needs to be changed in the way that we talk about it. So people are not ashamed and don't hide when they need help that they'll reach out and ask for it sooner because then you're not going to lose your life. Uh, you're not going to use years, years of your life like I did uh, with my 20s, trying just to figure out how to be n- not normal, but to be balanced and, mm-hmm. and live a, a way that you can thrive and, and not hide and isolate. And um, I, 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 I guess you could say I, I moved a lot in my 20s because this was the pattern I would get somewhere, start establishing myself until tell the things in my past would pop up or these patterns. And then I'd be like, Oh, I don't like where this is going. And I would move. Right. So it's was literally running from myself and running from the problem. The mm-hmm. problem still came with me. That didn't solve anything. And the, I, until later when people pointed out that things that happened were not okay and Oh, this is what's going on. Or this is the pattern or, uh, or gave me the tools. To be like, yes, you were right. Your intuition was right. There was something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was something.
0: There was definitely something wrong. Although as a five-year-old, it wasn't you, right? Right. It was the other people around you. So, you know, for anyone who's listening, I mean, notes, (laughs) notes, wisdom nuggets flying already. Um, You know, if something has happened to you or you have an inkling or you have a vague memory, it is definitely worth doing the inner work that will help you to deal with it, cope with it, manage it, expose it, whatever your psychological help, whatever that provider looks like. Um, If you also are thinking, you know, maybe this is about coaching, you know, the distinction between coaching and counseling uh, can be a very fine line. So counseling a lot of times is looking back and saying what happened, why did it happen? Um, you know, what did you do about it? How did that manifest? Whereas coaching is a, a modality that's looking forward. So we're saying, you know, how can we hold space for the person, our clients, to do their best inner work, to step into their potential? And it's really hard to step forward when you haven't dealt with what you're dragging behind you. Um, it's yes. like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in a situation where, and a lot of people had lost people during COVID right? A lot of times it's a a grief situation. It's really hard to make big decisions when you have this heaviness weighing on you and you just can't see through the fog. So, you know, thank you for sharing. There are tools, there are resources. You obviously found some of them later on in life. And then in your early 20s, you had some experiences, it showed up, it hadn't obviously been fully, (laughs) fully dealt with. So what other nuggets of wisdom can you share with the listeners about how to take a first step if that type of situation is what you've experienced? Because a lot of women find that that's what happens to them as, as kids,
1: right? Yeah, the biggest thing, a couple of things is that it just needs to be, there needs to be a safe space to talk about it. And we've gotten better at support groups and places that people can talk freely about it. And as you're able to talk freely about it, it normalizes it and makes it more of a, not that it should be normal, but it makes you not feel wrong that you're experiencing these type of things. I had the privilege of going to the Unique Foundations retreat that is especially for this. It's free. You do have to apply with an application, but I highly recommend it because we were broken into groups based on our symptoms from what we had experienced. And the providers that we had specialized in how to help women thrive after these things. And then you were given support afterward and they checked up with you six months, a years later to see how you were doing. And that was one fabulous offering that I was able to experience. Mm-hmm. Another is a class I did during COVID, which was really helpful, which is self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Self-compassion broke me open in a way that as you go through it, You realize that all the critical voices that you have, some of them aren't yours. Another resource is a self-compassion class. I did that during COVID, and it was really great for internal awareness, because I think you have to be aware first. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm just this way. Uh, This is just who I am. I can't change it. And that's not true. No matter what trauma you've experienced or upsets, what I've learned is you still have the power to do something about it, but you have to be aware of it. You have to be aware of the thoughts and the patterns. And what self-compassion did for me was it showed me, I am not my feelings. You experience emotions. You're gonna experience grief. You're gonna experience loss, but you don't have to become them. And you're not bad for having bad feelings. There are no bad emotions. The emotions are part of the human experience. It's the meaning you put on them. And once I was able to separate those things, it was a lot easier to go, oh, I've been triggered, this is the trauma, this is separate from me, I can acknowledge this, release it from me, and I can do something different. I don't have to let it overtake me, especially as I'm somebody who has very strong emotions, which can be a beautiful thing and the creative things that I do, it -hmm. gives me depth and expression, but it can be inappropriate if it allows me to take me to despair or somewhere and stay there too long. And with self-compassion is able to learn a set of tools to acknowledge the feelings separate myself from the trauma separate myself from the emotions acknowledge patterns that weren't serving me and then when you get to the very end you're supposed to do Mm self-acceptance when i did it during COVID, i couldn't take that final step and it took me a little bit to figure out why and i discovered it was a pattern in my life my way of coping with my household and what had happened to me growing up was to be a bit of a chameleon. I would become whoever people expected me to become. Hmm. So how can you accept yourself when you don't even know who you are or what your core values are because you shift them for whoever you're around? Now that was a survival mechanism and it got me through some traumatic things. And it also allowed me to sometimes separate myself in the middle of a trauma, but then there'd be a fallout with the emotions later. So, it served its purpose in trying to keep me safe, but can no longer serve me if I really want to move forward in my life.
0: Mm, I have amygd- to know what the amygdala coming th-
1: through, right? That yeah. little
0: tiny almond shape, you know, the lizard brain that uh, is there for safety, safety, alert, alert. So, um, what's the difference then between what you're describing and like a multi personality? Um, I don't necessarily say disorder but multiple personalities showing up like what's the distinction there
1: yeah. so multiple personalities from my understand um you completely change different ages like you become different ages in your life when trauma happened is one mm-hmm. way that i've heard about it i'm not a psychologist or anything but in in that case the survival has gone to the point of not even wanting to live in reality in a sense, like you create alternate points of view and realities to to deal with life versus shifting your personality might be that you, you, you're dating somebody and your idea of love is giving and giving and giving to the point that you give yourself away Mm -hmm. and, and lose yourself in the relationship, which was a pattern I definitely needed to break or you become a certain person around your parents because they won't let you outside of the role that you were in, in the family. And you're, you you do not s- step your ground because you don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want to create conflict right. or you're with a group and you don't usually drink, but because you're with that group and you're influenced, you give in. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you're not, you're too easily shifting for, to people, please, people, please in a way yep. in a very unhealthy way that you let things go a little too far. Cause later you go, wait, why did I do that? I didn't really want to do that. Right. Or I think I was out of my mind at that time. Like, like you literally changed to survive the situation and and trauma does that. Um, right. I was also raped. And, and so when you're raped and, or at least in the way that I was, you, you, you crawl within yourself, like you're not even present. And so I think it's, it, that can be very dangerous. If, if you um, disassociate, I believe is the, the proper term mm-hmm. for that. And so core values helps you not do that. But I, I think we're even talking more about triggers and more about patterns in the brain and, and survival mode. That is something that really needs to be addressed with someone, whether with medication or a counselor or EMDR or, um, yeah. other opportunities or, that are out there mm-hmm. because that, that can be a dangerous thing because how can anyone, how can you have any healthy relationships with anyone if you don't know who you are and they don't know who you are? How can you create proper boundaries if you don't know how to keep them? Like right. the, those are the kind of things that can happen. Yeah. And I, I don't want to scare people into thinking my child was molested and now they're going to have all these problems. Um, let me address that. You, there are a lot more tools in place. There's a lot more awareness of how to prevent the kind of patterns that happen to me. And there's also a lot of my life that I was isolated and alone that did not help things. When someone's in crisis and dealing with these things and they're ashamed, they're going to isolate when they actually need help. So something that I think would really help a lot of people is to realize if someone comes to you speaking about something they're struggling with or they're in crisis, that was a huge step for them to ask you for help. And maybe you can't help. Maybe you don't have the right tools. Maybe you don't have the gift of letting them grieve their loss or cry with you, or maybe you don't have the capacity to do that. Maybe you do. Maybe they just need a listening ear. It can be that simple, but they need to feel loved. They need to feel not alone and they need to feel like they have options. Because I feel like the, the, the disservice that we do a lot of people with mental illness or people have been through hard traumatic things is we put limitations on them.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, now
1: you should just live a simpler life mm-hmm. or now you should have lower expectations for what you're gonna accomplish. I don't believe any of that. Me neither. True
0: at all. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we always we always have a choice. Um I wrote about that word uh in my my best, my book, my best selling book, Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. And the word choice is such a powerful one because we all have choices. I mean, yes, some of them come with different you know, consequences or different outcomes. Some of them we have to step into a much braver self momentarily than we've ever thought possible, but we always have a choice. And it's something that particularly as women, we need to remember. You know, if we're in a, a battered, a battered home, for example, and we're being, you know, we're being physically abused, yes, we have a choice. We don't have to stay. There are places that we can take our kids and remove ourselves from that situation because the longer that we don't say anything the longer that we put up with it the longer the the acceptance is there that oh well this must be okay behavior no it's never okay it's never okay to hit somebody it's never okay for uh, any kind of molestation or rape I saw a graphic the other day and I put it on my Facebook page it was talking about different things that cause rape and it was you know listing things like you know short skirts and low-cut tops and at the end of the day it had you know men men who rape that's ultimately it that's it it's none of the other things so as long as we remember that we always have a choice this is one of the reasons i do this show to showcase that yes there are strong resilient women mothers in particular Mm -hmm who have been through all kinds of things in their life and now are out there doing amazing work. So the work that you do as a health and life coach, I'm sure that you are drawing on some of your personal experiences, you're drawing on skills that you know have worked. I um, interviewed a couple of women about uh, two months ago who do EMDR work. Powerful conversation, powerful tools. And when we look at what the shift is, yes, if we're not even aware of it, we cannot make a change until we're aware that there's a thing there. And if we can actually put the spotlight on it and do some work around it and step into our bravest self to do that, we can actually make change happen. But we have to be the ones who own it. We have to be the ones who take action because it's like kids. If you tell them to do something, they don't always listen if you role model it for them chances increase significantly but if you ask them to figure out which is the essence of coaching what's your best approach to get to this result and they come up with their own way of doing it unique to their personality their skill set their bravery level their risk tolerance then they're far more committed to it because they created how they're going to do it and that's what uh, that's what transpires in all of my coaching work is holding that space for them to step into their bravest self, to come up with their own way of reaching the goal that they've set. And then what I'm doing is holding their hand as they go through that journey or providing tools, resources, insights, information to help make that journey one that isn't quite as painful or goes from A to B much faster without the long journey through the whole alphabet and back. (laughs)
1: So not losing years to it, finding solutions quicker. And I think far too often, people don't realize the solutions are within themselves. So it may be the hardest thing to realize that maybe something you're doing is the problem that and that and taking on that responsibility that you can change. But once you do what you realize is your intuition, your inner voice, your higher self, however you want to put it, really does have a remarkable ability to create and be creative and find solutions. And that's what my coaching is all about with resilience is I really want people to walk away with a resilient toolbox. I want them to know what their resilient superpowers are. I mean, they can be simple things. They don't have to be huge things And the in-depth trauma work that we've spoken about, but that's important, too. It could be as simple as I need to work out in the morning to have a good day. If I'm in a bad mood, I need music. That's the other the opposite of what I'm feeling and I need to dance for a minute and and you'll see me do that on my Facebook all the time because that's what I need to do and I just share that energy but everybody's different yeah yeah that's me (laughs) but everybody's different and that's the point I think with coaching that's beautiful and what I really like about the coaching institute That i've been studying with is they don't do pain points they don't go back to trauma or triggers Mm -hmm. and maybe some people need that sometimes you need to scream you need to yell you need to but there's there's different ways of even coaching but this coaching what's nice about it is you go through meditation series of questions with your coaches that are catered to you and then you're just allowed to explore in, the, in this grounded, free space. And it's amazing to watch people come up with their own solutions mm-hmm. because we usually start the session with the problem. And by the time we're done, they've got two or three options they came up with themselves. And then other work that I've done, I'll be with someone going through divorce or somehow I, I'm able to hold space for people that have pain, deep pain or emotional pain because I dealt with that alone. So it's an honor for me if I can be there for somebody so they don't have to go alone through things Mm -hmm. and that they can allow the grief and the harder the emotions to come up so they're not alone dealing with it. It's actually kind of funny. Theater was my therapy and I didn't even realize it growing up. Like the creative arts were my therapy and I would be that girl who could cry on stage and people would be like, wow, that's amazing. And I'd be like, if you knew what I was reliving in my head right now, you would realize this is free therapy for me because I'm going back to something I dealt with alone, mm-hmm. bringing it back to the surface. And now I'm sharing it in a way that it's turning it into something positive and in a, in a community sense. Yeah. And it, and it, that's hard to explain. And maybe there are better ways, but you know, it, it's just, it can be a gift. It can be a gift if you can hold people's pain and deep emotions. And I'm, I'm realizing not everyone's able to do that. So But it's important that somebody finds that space. Don't stuff those things because after a while, it's going to affect your body. It's going to affect something in you. Those things need to come out however you need them to come out, whether that's journaling, dancing, music, going for walks, yelling, screaming, if if that's what you need. I don't think that's always necessary, but sometimes it is because things build up to a point that they are a volcano if they haven't been dealt with for a long time. Yeah, but it's a safe space and have support.
0: It, it, it's almost about um an opposite behavior right so if you're feeling mm. low energy then what's the complete opposite of that well stick on some loud music and dance your face off for a few minutes um if you're um have been on zoom calls all morning right to you know literally get outside with your luckily my my dog is being quiet right now uh, get outside with your dog um, and go for a walk. We have a beautiful block of of pond, a whole, you know, a whole block of it right outside my door here, my front yard. And just stepping out into nature, watching the ducks and the geese. I mean, they're not going very fast. I mean, it naturally slows your pace down. Deep, cleansing, energetic breaths. You're out at one with nature and the universe. Um, I always start my day with a morning red, morning ritual. So it's you know, meditation, it's grounding work, um, some energy work, some visualization, uh, gratitudes, um, hollow sync. It's all of those things to set my energy up for the day. So I'm grounded before I come to the table to be supporting my clients. And I do that before anybody else in my house is up. And that way, it's quiet time for me. And it works really, really well. For yourself, I know that you know you you do a lot of work either on camera or um you know doing modeling or movies you're doing what what are you up to these days in the <laughs> arts anyway
1: in the arts. Um, so I have an agent in Utah, and I audition every now and then. I did just recently get to audition for a movie. Made it pretty far, not not quite there um, into the movie, but they keep coming. The auditions keep flowing in, and I do them when I can. I'm mom first, and, and that's what's really important to me, but we are all artistic and, and theatrical, and and that's just part of the nature of my household. Well, on a good day, we're dancing and singing around the house, and my kids have done things like put on talent shows. My daughter's done a musical on recess and it was such a hit. They redid it for like three days in a row and she was actually selling tickets one time. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's part of who I am and I totally embrace that. And I think that's that authenticity that when you get in alignment with that, you you just shine, you have a light and that light's contagious for other people. And yeah. that's what we as coaches want for everyone is for people to just shine their inner light and make the world a better place with the impact that that will have mm-hmm. because everyone is a value. Everyone has something to give. You have talents I don't have, I have talents you don't have, it all balances out. I don't believe in this, somebody's better than somebody else or I don't define people by paychecks or by experience or color, race or anything. I don't see it that way at all. And I don't see anyone's potential that way at all either. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you've gone through, You can you can have your dreams. You can bring them to life it's just having the right support and strategies and tools in place to do them and some of them come down to that simple morning ritual and daily habits so i think too often we don't realize we have the power to create and manifest if you close your eyes and you imagine it your brain believes it's real and that's why we also got to be careful what we let in because when we watch a violent movie we we set off our brain like trauma and i don't think enough people are aware of if they let in too much of that they're actually doing as much damage as what happened to me when I was younger yep. and the trauma that I had. If you're mm-hmm. watching it, that, you gotta be careful what you consume. You've gotta be so careful what you're creating and what you're allowing in.
0: Yeah, I used to. I used to watch the news every morning, um, and a lot of times I was having breakfast as I was watching the news. <laughs> I remember having a conversation with um, one of my health coaches, and and, and her asking the question: "You know, do you really think that?" that you are consuming the most nutritious items for your body if you're watching bad news while you're eating (laughs) i was like hmm hadn't really thought about it that way um another experience having um a um practitioner come to my home who was doing some energy cleansing work and um there was a, a wall, This was in my old house, there was a wall that I was facing. I had one of those fold out desks. You open the closet doors and the desk pops down. And at some point they think that you're gonna put your work away at the end of the day and fold the cupboard up. I never managed to get the cupboard folded up again. Once it was <laughs> open, that was it. Because there's always more clients that uh, are seeking service than I can serve. So I had the, the closet uh, desk open. And yet it felt like I wasn't having that, at that point, that flow of new clients coming in. And when she came to the house and she was looking at, you know, what color the walls were, the position of the furniture, et cetera, and looking at the room layout and doing Feng Shui in my house, she looked on the other side of the wall from where I was sitting and there was actually um, five different um obituary notices in a frame my husband unfortunately had had a series there was like seven people in his world that uh passed away in a very short space of time and he wanted to remember them so he kept all of the um obituary program information from the service and framed it and put it on the wall so on the other side of the wall that i was feeling blocked by not surprising were all these all these memories of dead people yeah <laughs> and again you know note, (laughs) note from my, my expert consultant, you know, do you really think that you're gonna be bringing new life into your business when on the other side of the wall that you're facing for Feng Shui is um, um, all that, uh, all those dead people. So we made some big changes in the house. We changed up the furniture, the layout, the color uh, and a whole bunch of things. And the energy in the house shifted so much. We would constantly have people coming in and saying, wow, I love how it feels in here. I love the color of that wall. Um, And a lot of things, different things took off, um, which was was a great thing to see. So believing in the power of the universe, believing in the power of energy, the things that we can't see, like Mm -hmm. we can't see Feng Shui, we can feel it though. Same as I can feel Reiki energy, I'm certified level two. And Mm -hmm. that is power. That is power, it's a gift, right? So the distinction between the work you do and the work I do, you're working a lot on the the life skills and certainly bringing to the forefront your resilience. I bring my resilience in learning how to be a special needs mom. So my son wasn't born um, with everything physically. um, So he does have some developmental delays and, and did experience seizures at a very early age. And yet he's gone on to do some incredible work. He's gone on to become an artist. He's raised enough money for Operation Smile with his artwork to pay for five little kids to have that cleft palate surgery in poor countries. So when our kids see the the route that we're taking, they see that there's actually a, a mission and an inspired business venture that you can have and make an impact and make a difference. It's powerful because he wanted to see that. He wanted to make a difference and make an impact. And when he shared that on global TV, I've had so many comments from that news clip about the impact it makes. Because it really causes other parents who see it and listen to it, and other kids as well, to say, well, wow, if that's what's possible with someone who's in special needs category, what am I doing for the planet? What impact am I making? So. Yeah.
1: Oh, exactly. so inspiring. I love
0: that. Yeah. So as mothers, you know, we go to bat for our kids. We Mm -hmm. become advocates for them. We develop and draw strength out of nowhere. (laughs) It seems like nowhere when they're sick. And then the route I took was to go to get executive coaching. That was about um, 12 years ago now to complement the 20 years in senior HR roles um, where I've been helping people all along. I just didn't know that what I was actually doing was coaching them. I thought I was just allowing them their route and their space because, um, you know, you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. So um, I was believing that concept and it, and actually meant that I had been coaching for 20 years without realizing. So the coaching certification that I took was very much focused around business. You know, how do you use assessments? How do you bring 360 conversations where the team and the person's leader and themselves are all feeding into an assessment, which is a starting point for that self-awareness. Oh, mm-hmm. if you don't like what showed up in that, how do we shift that? Let's do some coaching around some behaviors, some new ideas, some, con- some ways to build trust with the team so that those things will shift. So a lot of my work now focuses on confident conversations it's about helping leaders and women entrepreneurs, especially who are seeking to flourish, to step into their greatest success by learning more confident conversations. Asking for a sale is an easy thing. It's not sleazy. It is easy to grow your business and expand with more ways, more tools in your toolkit, more ways of asking for the sale, and then also how to not have any kind of imposter syndrome hanging around, how do you deal with that? So we can negotiate to have more, more success in our business, hire people and bring them in to our business and step into a CEO mindset and do the work through, the, through others, not doing it all ourselves. So a lot of my clients are ready to make that scale up. So I, I love supporting them, particularly the confident conversations, the sales mastery and how to have more, balance in your life because i don't think we can ever have more balance uh, too much balance as moms can we
1: oh yes i mean that isn't that the trick that's what everyone's figuring out it's a very popular topic with all the interviews i've been doing with the summit i have coming up june 4th that that keeps coming up is how are you balancing work at home and family and i'm amazed at the amount of success people are actually finding when they get to do what they love and they get to put it into a business and there's ups and downs with it and you've got to be resilient and and you definitely have to focus on your words and your message and be clear about your what you're going to deliver and the results that you're going to give. But the freedom that it gives for you to be with your family and the example that it sets, one woman in particular really stands out that you'll love and um, that's in the summit because she talks about leaving an abusive situation and getting on her own feet because she did not want to be dependent on mm. She didn't want to be a statistic she was not going to let that happen to her and her daughter and i that was one of my favorite ones that i've heard but we've got more of those so please come june 4th and and you'll get to hear these stories and these powerful women that have overcome things as well to to be resilient so it's mothership the future yeah. yeah So mothers mothers shape the future resilient summit we're going to talk about three different things the resilient body resilient lifestyle and resilient relationships. And I've got at least one expert in each area and I'm still interviewing. So we may have more. <laughs> and then, yes. And Yvonne is one of them. And so I'm so excited that you're going to be there with us. And then I've got some women that are starting up and, and, and just have a message that's powerful enough that's worth sharing. And I wanted to give them a place to have a voice. And so it's, it's a great opportunity that I'm just now starting to spread the word so please spread the word and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and invite people along it's a free event there will be a vip option for q a and some extra bonuses but it's meant to be free so we can reach as many people as possible and share the messages that are there
0: so let's make sure people know um we'll give this out again at the end but if you got your pen and paper handy where do people go to get the information and to register for it
1: so right now the registration can be found on in facebook on my page uh, facebook.com forward slash lorraine creativity there's also a facebook group called mother shape the future community that is public and open right now and it also has the link in there there is a website as well mother shape the future summit.com and that will be on there shortly. And we'll be doing more and revealing more about it and more of the speakers as we build up towards June 4th. So just be watching in those places. But once you opt in, you will be emailed more details and more options as, as we develop and we keep going with it. So
0: Excellent. please join
1: us, it'll be fun. <laughs>
0: it'll, well, you can already tell, um, it's def- uh, <laughs> Tiffany Lorraine is high energy, so it's not Ooh. going to be a it's not going to be a boring summit. There have been many calls that I've been on with um, with you where you've been you know dancing around and um, you know the light show, the music. Um, it's going to be a fun session. It's a
1: Saturday too, June fourth, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's June fourth, which is a Saturday, starting at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. If we have a few more speakers, we may start a little earlier. But right now it's 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, and i will go to about four in the afternoon with the bonus session being around three twenty at the moment and and there's gonna be some fun like i'm gonna we're gonna be looking for the best zoom box dance move is is the thing that i'm looking for and and, and that'll be a fun prize with that and some other little surprises but that you won't be sitting down for very long if i have anything to do with it so <laughs> <laughs> be ready to get up and dance and move all right <laughs> so <laughs> In case you're wondering,
0: so Tiffany, um, Tiffany Lorraine and I met um, in a Forbes Riley room. So we were both mm-hmm. taking the same course. So we're both on a mission to be expanding our influence and looking at ways to share what we're up to with the world in an impactful, relatable way. And I was drawn right away to her energy, her beautiful smile, the fact that she always showed up and those kinds of people you you make note of and you follow, and you see what they're up to, and you keep in touch, and so I was delighted that you were able to be um, on the show today. Talk about your resilience, so if you want to sort of sum it up for the listeners, when it comes to being a resilient mother, I mean, a lot of the listeners are mothers, some are resilient women, period, or maybe they don't consider themselves resilient yet. What would be maybe three tips that you'd be willing to share about How can you elevate your resilience to really step in to having that bold level of choice, to being willing to step to the edge, as you have done on so many occasions, regardless of what happens to you in life? How do you do that?
1: I think the first thing you have to have is a bigger vision for your life, Mm. maybe even bigger than you have before. And you do that not just by how it's gonna affect you, but on the impact that it's gonna make for others. Often women make these big shifts and these big changes once they become a mother because of their deep love for their children and wanting something more and better for them. But you also have that for yourself. You need fulfillment as well so that they can see what a fulfilled, strong, thriving woman is like so that they will do the same and that will pass on to the next generation. So Mm -hmm. have a vision. Have it someplace you can see it regularly, whether that's a vision board or post-it notes or affirmations, but have a visual and a way to see it and connect with it every day, because that way you're connecting to your why. And then also, you need to be aware and kind to yourself with the awareness that you have. Forgive yourself when you make a mistake and things don't work out. Don't dwell on it. Just Figure out the solutions. Focus on the fact that you're a creative human being with unlimited potential. And where there's a will, there is a way. You will find a way to make it work. And and be patient, I think, too. I, I think in a world of instant gratification, we often forget that the good things sometimes take time and they're worth building with a foundation line upon line over time. And then just love yourself more and give love freely. Don't put conditions on it. Let people love as they know how to and, and love others the best that you can, especially your children. They're individuals, they're all different, and that's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. So,
1: I, I hope that sums it up in, in a nutshell. So, well, we've mentioned um, a number of different approaches,
0: different tools, different ways of thinking, um, how some of your beliefs, my beliefs, have carried us through when things have been challenging, um, all leading up to resilience. And resilience is something that you have to have gone through the rough stuff in life and figured out how to get through it so that the next time it happens, such as, oh, COVID, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, we're (laughs) we're entrepreneurs. We're always changing, growing, expanding, you know, pivoting anyway. So, you know, COVID I think was one of those great levelers. It put everyone on the same playing field. Everyone's life got turned upside down. Some more than others. And even though I saw someone post, uh, I think it was my friend Monica posted about, you know, we're all we're all in the same ocean together. And yet, you know, some are on a you um, know 20 a 50 foot yacht, and some of a, uh, some people are on a um, you know, a dinghy and some are off hanging on to a lifeboat, right? So we have different <laughs> resources available to us, but we're, we were all bobbing around in the uncertain sea. We didn't all have the same destination. We didn't all have the same tools and map, but we had ourselves to be creative and to rely upon. So, okay, I have a ring or I have a yacht. How am I going to now step forward? How am I going to re reset my navigation? So that I can still keep heading positively forward. And how long is it going to take? And the more we've had experiences where we've survived, we never thought we could survive it. And yet we have, it gives, us we the, <laughs> yeah, it gives us the mindset to say, you know what, last time it wasn't actually as bad as I thought it was going to be. I remember, <laughs> you probably heard of T. Harv Eker, um, in the world of transformational leaders I remember going to one of his camps, Warrior. I think it was Warrior Camp, where we did a lot of exter, ex, um, external um, you know, work with ropes, and I had to climb a telegraph pole. So I'm up, you know, 30 foot in the air on this 10 foot diameter telegraph pole. And first we had to, you know, for, you know, climb up there, but then we had to balance ourselves on the top, and it was a great exercise to get present because there's no fear in the present. If you mm-hmm. envision what might happen as soon as you start sliding down the zip line to get off, then fear might set in. As you're climbing up there and you're projecting in the in the future, how am I gonna balance on the top? But if you can stay present, there is no fear there. And yeah. it was such an important lesson that I took away from that. I mean, there were many that I took away from that uh, event, but that was one of them. And just to think that I could bounce on the top of a 10-foot diameter post was, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not a petite size one girl, so that in itself was was resilient. Um, Watching my son have his first seizure when he was a year old and, you know, he's on the table and he's not even a year and he's shaking for 20 minutes. I mean, if you can live through that, you can live through just about anything. So... We have resilience in common. We're each coaching and supporting other women in particular. You're doing your work from more of a lifestyle and health coaching. Mine is about business, particular women who are mission-inspired, women entrepreneurs. Those are my passion that I love to speak with and connect with. And I do encourage you to join um, Tiffany Lorraine and her friends, including myself as a speaker, for the upcoming summit, Mothers Shape the Future. You can find out more at mothersshapethefuture.com. It's on June 8th. So get your babysitters organized now because you wanna make sure that you can join for the whole day. There's gonna be a lot of juicy nuggets, wisdom nuggets coming towards you, shaped by stories that will inspire you. They might make you laugh, they might make you cry, but there's gonna be dancing, there's gonna be music there will be prizes. And on that note of prizes, I believe you had something that you wanted to give away in advance of the conference for the listeners. Did you have a
1: free gift today? So I have a free ebook called Resilient Body Hacks. It's a very simple four week, four step program that you can follow just to reassess where you're at with everything that we've all been through to be in tune with your body and just make sure you're doing some basic proper habits. And if Mm. you find you like that and want more in depth, then come see me and we can do a more in depth version of that as well. I'd be happy to do a few free clarity sessions, which would be introduction to coaching and what it is. If you haven't experienced that before, it's a good way to just get a taste of, of what coaching is like. So where do they go for
0: the free ebook,
1: resilient body hacks, four steps to a resilient body? That is actually one of the sign-up bonuses when you come to the summit. So if you find that link, then you will get that. And the Clarity Sessions is something you'll have to find me for. I do have that on my website, which is TiffanyLorraine at Kajabi.com. It's a little easier to find on my Facebook page. So again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Lorraine Creativity. Or look for Tiffany Lorraine. And I am smiling with long hair with a blue dress on. So pretty easy to find me. <laughs> Um, that's another way that you can find me. I'm also on Linktree, and that's where you can find all the resources to connect with me, Linktree slash Lorraine Creativity. Lorraine Creativity stems from the creative nature of all the things that I do. And you can get a little taste of the artistic side of me as well, which I do use as therapy as well. So sometimes that does come into my coaching and resilience practice, depending Mm -hmm. on if that's part of what helps you or not.
0: Yeah. How to, how to step out of your comfort zone. That was actually one of the other exercises from that same warrior camp was that we had to uh, create a song. So we had about 20 minutes to write a song and then wow. and then we had to stand up and perform it on stage in front of the other 400 participants. Now, I'm not a singer to begin with. So I got partnered <laughs> up with an amazing man who apparently was a, a rapper already. So he whipped out this song, shared it, and my mouth is hanging open, and I'm still trying to, you know, uh, 19 minutes and 55 seconds, I'm still trying to finish my song off. And then we stand in line, and the line is about 15 minutes long. Well, several times I wanted to bolt to the bathroom just to throw up because it was it was so <laughs> nerve-wracking. Um, the thought of singing this, you know, what I considered a pathetic little song in front of everybody was so hair raising. But again, it's one of those things where if you go through something that you never thought you could do, whether it's, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, going into a rattlesnake pit or something, but it was a fear. And it was a fear that was valid in my head. So I did manage to get my song sung and people clapped And that was a turning point as well, because I went and I did something I never thought in a million years that I could do, and I survived it, and then I went on to thrive. Now, it didn't, you know, my song probably would have sounded better if I'd gone in front of the rapper um, who who was uh, right in front of me, and I was like, how do I follow that? But it is all about being willing to embrace life, right? We have those peaks and valleys, and when we're in a valley, just know that there are others that if you just reach out your hand, are willing to help you. There are resources, there are tools, there are people, there are experiences that you can tap into. So please use this this show as one of those springboards to know that even if you're at your darkest point, you can find a way through. It's in that Disney movie where there's a tiny speck of light and the girl is crawling towards it. Um, We've showcased... Through our own stories today, that there is an opportunity to develop more resilience, and the quicker you develop it, the more you can leverage it in life. Because I tell you what, life does not come with a guarantee. So, you can look at life and say something's being done to me, or you can choose to look at life and say the universe, spirit, creativity however you frame it is actually providing things me so once we've exactly. got that clarity of vision it's much easier to see things in a new light it's almost like when you decide that you want to get pregnant all of a sudden everywhere you go you see pregnant women <laughs> and it's not that the world is suddenly you know co- <laughs> populating on a massive scale it's now part of your reticular activating system your brain's filter feeding information to say pay attention because that's important because that's you like we decide we want to buy a condo all of a sudden everywhere we go we see condo signs we decide we want to buy a a red rodeo and all of a sudden everywhere we go we see red rodeos that is your reticular activating system kicking in so once you have your vision set once you're clear what it is you're going for then you will see opportunities popping up in new ways that you never in a million years thought you would the universe our universal potential Will be tapping us on the shoulder left and right, giving you those intuitive hits. And as soon as you get one, write it down, pay attention to what's coming towards you because the world really is operating for you. Yes, we go through some crappy times on occasion, and that's what builds character. Otherwise, it would be instead of the dips and the valleys, life would just be one flat line. And you know what flatlining is all about, right? It's boring as heck. So we're not going to do that. We're going to set up the conference, um, MothersShapetheFuture.com, coming up for uh, June 4th. And we're both inviting you to come and join the session. Learn what you can learn from other resilient mothers who are willing to share their stories in three categories. My talk will be about the relationships piece. And if you're curious to learn more about the book I mentioned, my best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations, hop over to my Facebook page under Yvonne E.L. Silver, and you'll find several listings over the last little while, because I've got Mother's Day on the brain, (laughs) been celebrating. (laughs) And there's plenty of opportunity to pick up a copy. It's available through ebook, um, through a hard copy, and it's also out on audiobook as well. So thank you for joining me, Tiffany Lorraine. It's been really an intriguing session, coach to coach. It's been, uh, you know, a lot of overlaps, and yet we each have a very distinct offerings, distinct styles, and areas of expertise. That if someone is thinking, you know what, it's really time for me to step it up. It's Q2. 2022, we're coming out of COVID, it is time for you to start moving faster towards your goals, bigger goals, and you're looking for some
1: support, please do reach out. Thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. And Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And um, this woman has great impact and she really knows how to help you uh, with your words and your communication. So please seek her out if that's what you need for your messaging. Thank you, I appreciate that.
0: And as I mentioned, a lot of the words that I use in my practices, um, work with my clients are in that book. There's 40 different words and word concepts to help women to have more powerful conversations. I think today this has been a powerful conversation, so thank you for joining me, being willing to share some of your soul work, some of your resilient experiences and give some wisdom nuggets for our listeners today. So thank you so much. And you have a beautiful day. Bye for now, everybody. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, the modern art of confident conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business, by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and have already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business and women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018, it's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work, words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us, and when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews, and writing. I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women, and Wisdom today.